Hello world, welcome to the Different Lights Podcast, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about people with different abilities. It's hosted by Alana Galan. She is a former student of Quinnipiac University. And in this episode, she's going to interview Eric Garcia, a freelance journalist and book author who has autism. They talk about all kinds of really interesting things, including the word disabled. Is it something that people should embrace or is it something we should avoid? They talk about that and they talk about Eric's excellent career in journalism and a lot of other things. So thank Thanks so much for tuning in. Hi, how are you? Doing well, how are you? Good, yeah. So uh, how have you been doing during this pandemic? I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. I'm very happy that you are you get to be a part of this. So I guess we'll start off if you want to tell me a little about yourself. Okay, yeah. So my name is Eric Garcia. I'm a freelance journalist based in Washington, D.C., I just recently wrote a book called We're Not Broken, Changing the Autism Conversation. In the past, I've worked at the Washington Post, The Hill, Roll Call, National Journal, and Market Watch. I grew up in California, but um, I went to college at the University of North Carolina years, um, at Chapel Hill. Okay, perfect. So growing up with challenges, um, how did or didn't it that, that impact you on your relationships you would be able to form? Uh, that's always a really hard question to discuss because you don't know how it affected you because you don't know anything different. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that I, I think that naturally autism, because it's a social communication disorder, it's a developmental disorder. Um, it naturally makes it harder, I think, to interact with neurotypical people. But that does it. But like, I think that like it, it means that you don't necessarily relate to them you have trouble relating or reading or understanding them but i don't know you know it's it's always hard for me to say because i don't know i don't know anything otherwise so i can't really i can't really say oh it affects because i don't know the other thing you know right right that makes sense yeah it's the same thing like me i always was uh petite but i still i it was just normal it was normalized for me too so what inspired you to want to become a writer uh, I don't think I ever wanted to be a writer as much as I wanted to be a journalist. Uh, and I think there's a diff- very much like, I just wanted to tell stories. I thought that like, I like to read and I liked to, you know, I grew up wanting to be a musician in high school. And I used to love reading music magazines. And I think that my guitar teacher was just one of those people like, I thought, I don't know, I, I never thought that that was a career you could have. But, um, but then, you know, I signed up for my high school newspaper and then one thing led to another. And then this is in 2008, you know, uh, when I was in high school and they needed somebody to write about the 2008 presidential election, just my little high school newspaper. And it seemed really cool. It seemed like people were having a lot of fun doing it. So I was like, oh, this seems like it'd be a fun profession to have. And uh, that really kind of just, I think I wanted to be close to the action. I wanted to talk to the people who were going to try to run for my parent a lot about politics. So I think that was what really kind of, um, that was really kind of the linchpin for me. Okay. So I guess, how did you get into, like, with the journalism, how did you get to um, start working for the new, for the Washington Post? And what led you into that career? Like, that yeah, so I should at? say that I don't, I don't, I should say I don't work for the Post anymore. Right. I left to finish, I, I left to finish my book. And so I was wondering, like, what inspired you to keep wanting to um, advocate for other people to keep wanting to make that difference, to keep pursuing that? Like, is there something that drives you to do what you do today? I think it's, I think it's just important. I think that we live in a democracy and I think that we live in, um, in a country where the constitution gives us the right to 
Um, as one of my mentors said, the Constitution gives us the right to think for ourselves and make informed decisions, but that only goes as far as, um, as how good the information is that people receive. And I think it's really important to give people good information and make, to make informed decisions about their life. Tell people what decisions to make. I don't tell them how to vote. That's not my job. I don't tell you how to, I don't tell you what decisions to make. I don't tell you to support this policy or that policy. All I want to do is give you the right kind of information and give, help you help people in an inform, in, a, in a democracy to make the best decisions possible. What, what you do with the information I give you as a journalist is, is up to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, that does, I don't care what you do after that as long as you do something. Right. So like formulating. I'm not here to tell you how to vote. I'm not here to tell you how to vote one way or the other. I'm not here to tell you how to, how to pray or make any decisions. I'm just telling you to make a decision with the information, to to, to take this information and listen to it. Yeah. And to formulate like your own opinion view, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't really think you can change people's minds, to be honest. Right. I don't believe that journalism can. I think that people go into the news uh, and I'm saying I'm new and I'm a journalist, you know, I think that people go into the, uh, listen to news or listen to new information and immediately their own preconceived notions, and their beliefs already color what they see or whatever news they receive or whatever, and they fit it into their own worldview. So I don't think that it's, you know, I think that if you get into this job to try to change people's minds or to change, I don't think, I, don't, I think you're going to wind up being disappointed. I think that what matters then is you should tell them as much give them as much information as you can at that very moment with all the with all the knowledge you have at the moment and then you know let them do let them do what they're going to do with it because they're going to they're most likely going to make the decision anyway so yeah so when you work with people have people viewed you differently or have people um been able to actually um have you been able to give them a different perspective so then you're able to maybe teach other people life lessons. It's it, it, it's tough, you know, because I I have I have I have a basically what a lot of people would call an invisible disability. Mm-hmm. So that allows me to pass through a lot of worlds. I think the fact that I live independently, I speak, you know, you know, using my mouth. Uh, I think that all those things make people assume things about me or, or assume that I'm abled uh, instead of disabled. So I think that that helps me navigate a lot of worlds and build a lot of trust that people wouldn't otherwise trust disabled people, unfortunately. At the same time, I think what happens is that, once again, I'm disabled. I know how to discuss things in a very, very different way. Or able to, I know who to call. I know who to consider for a disability perspective when there's a disability angle in something. Uh, I know the right people. I know the right advocates. And I know that this is the right kind of framing. Or I know to call people who wouldn't normally necessarily be included in the discussion about news, but who, you know, if, if something's affecting disabled people, then I sure as hell want them to, um, you know, be included in the news discussion about it. So I think that that's always important. So I think that being disabled gives me a perspective. And then also I think that when I'm interviewing disabled people, whether it's, you know, when I was interviewing, I interviewed a lot of autistic people for my book. Um, uh, I think that it helps that I'm autistic myself. I think that it helps, uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not somebody who believes that only, you know, I don't believe that only disabled people should cover me. I don't believe that only black people should cover uh, racial justice issues. I, I'm not somebody who believes that only LGBTQ people should cover those issues. I think that, you know, as long as you cover it openly and honestly, but I think that in some ways you do provide a unique perspective and you can, you know, 
how this is going to affect people. I think you always need to, whenever you're being a journalist, you always have to, you always have to, whenever you're covering any kind of story, you should always keep it in the back of your mind. Okay. How does this affect the people who I'm covering? How does this affect the people who are going to be doing it? You know? So I think that, you know, a perfect example is a lot of talk about um, the COVID vaccine. Uh, one thing I'm thinking about a lot, I'm I constantly thinking about is, okay, how is this going to affect disabled people? How are they going to, you know, are they going to be prioritized for receiving the vaccine? Are they not going to be prioritized for receiving the vaccine? What kind of care are they receiving during the coronavirus pandemic? Uh, these are all things that I take into consideration that I otherwise wouldn't. And I, I think that that, and I think in the same way, you're seeing a lot of other disabled journalists like Sarah Luderman do the same thing. So, Yeah, that, I totally agree. And it's a huge concern because you're like, are people with challenges going to um, be prioritized and are they going to be able to even uh, be healthy enough and be able to pass this pandemic? And it's a huge worry. Yeah. I think a lot of disabled people haven't survived the pandemic. Right. Like, exactly. on top of that, like we talk about how to be healthy enough. A lot of people have died. A lot of, I think something like a large part of the deaths from COVID have been in nursing homes. And I think um, people with developmental disabilities um, and people, autistic people or people like that uh, have died, you know, at a much higher clip than able people. So, you know, you talk, so like, I think that's also the important thing is that people talk about, oh, well, how are we going to survive this pandemic? Let's talk about who hasn't survived the pandemic. Right. Right. And who hasn't been prioritized. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know we, we talked about your book and everything, but what are your key accomplishments that are significant in terms of your personal professional that really stuck out to you the most? Um, I mean, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm a very fortunate person. I've been able to write. I think working at the Washington Post was a great honor when I worked, when I worked there. But I also think working at you know places like Roll Call and working at National Journal, I think writing that initial essay about autism uh, when I was at National Journal was a huge accomplishment. It was something that uh, I don't think a lot, I think that it was really um, astonishing to see enough people care enough about a piece like that, uh, care to read, you know, 6,500 words about this very, very limited disability, you know, that, uh, you, you know, I think that that's, I think that anytime, I think that, you know, the fact that I still get to get paid about this, uh, get paid, is, is, is a big accomplishment. Get paid to write and be a journalist is an accomplishment. That sounds flippant, but, I think just the fact that I get to be a journalist is 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 a, is a miracle. I, I, and, I, and I did something. A lot of people that I'm no better than a lot of other. There are a lot of other better disabled journalists than me, but they don't have the same opportunities I do. So I think that like I try to savor it. But like I mean, completely honest. Um, yeah, writing a 300-page book is a huge accomplishment, and I'm very proud of it. I'm proud that I've you know it took a long time to do. You know, it took me two and a half years, but I'm very proud of it. You should be proud of yourself. It's a huge accomplishment. So I guess at this lifetime, what are the three, what are the three most important messages you want to leave behind to make a difference in this world and for people to know that with people with challenges and people without challenges? I mean, I think that I think the thing that you need that you that disabled people make up about twenty percent of the population in the United States of America. But for whatever reason, them inspiration porn. It's almost like the only time disabled people are discussed is either as a tragedy or as an inspiration. And my my feeling is that disabled people are citizens just like everybody else, are human beings just like everybody else. We're immigrants, we're citizens, we're undocumented immigrants, we are permanent residents, we're human beings, 
we're black, we're white, we're high specific needs, and we deserve to have those needs heard, and we deserve to have, and we also deserve to be to know what's going on in our world, and we need, and we deserve to know what is happening, how the news affects us. I think that what matters a lot of times is that a lot of times the news talks talks about us, but doesn't talk to us. Or they talk past us. I think a lot of times, I think that we deserve to be, we deserve to have the news addressed specifically to us and have um, have media specifically address our needs. And not just, you know, niche disabled publications, but like, you know, the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal and CNN. Uh, we deserve to have a we deserve to have a say in those places too. What I guess a question I have is that, what do you think about using the word disabled, um, especially now that, people um, use it in a different way and like people try to be more delicate on that word. So I was just curious what you thought about it. Very adamant about using the word disability because I think it is a, I think it is a very specific identity. And I think that disability is important. It's important to say the word disability because it is not saying that disabled people are deficient. It's saying that the reason why we are disabled is because the world disables us. There are impossible for disabled people to, to survive although if the world doesn't change. So it puts the onus on the world. So for example, I live in an apartment building and I'm disabled, but it's not because they themselves are disabled. It's because the world disables them and there is there aren't those adaptations. So I think that by using the word disability, instead of just saying differently able or things like that, I think what it does, I think that putting saying disabled puts the onus on society to change. Uh, and I think that that's different from an impairment. I think that, so like having an impairment means that your life is different because you have a disability. I mean, because of a change in your body or a change in your mind or less, you're unable to do something because the world doesn't have those, didn't think of you, didn't have you in that in mind when they were creating things. Um, so I think that it's important to use the word disability. And then also I think that it's one reason why I'm not a big fan of the word special needs because as a disabled person, I have rights. And when you are accommodating me, you're not treating me special. You're treating me as a human being. You're giving me the rights that I'm entitled to so that I can be in a society just as much as you. Special uh, special needs, I think, implies that I'm getting preferential treatment or I think that disabled people are getting preferential treatment. When it's not that, I think it's it's making sure that we have the same opportunities and the same and, and equality with everybody else. You don't say that, so you shouldn't say that special needs. They just need accommodations. Yeah. So um, I guess for with Ability Media, we're trying to change the way people view and their perception of the way they see people with differences. And so what in our viewpoint or perception, we're trying to move away towards the word disabled and we're trying to use the word challenges or differences and try to actually maybe help to uh, show society that is not disabled, that the people that have challenges are able and are able to be able to live just a normal life as people who are perceived as normal and that they're not disabled because if you use the word disabled in like say for me, I, I feel like it's kind of a way of saying you're not able to. And so, um, um, but, uh, yeah, so with Ability Media, we wanna show people that 
everybody has an ability to be able to do what they want, to go for their dreams, be the best they can be, and to not use the challenges they've had to um, not be able to excel and, I guess, be able to do what they've always dreamed of and not feel like they got to hold back because they have this so-called disability challenge. I mean, my feeling has always been the work that makes you think that I can do that I can't do as much as my peers. And that's a you problem. It's not a me problem. That's not a problem with the word disability. It's a problem with you. If you think that an enabled person has a problem or immediately assumes less of a disabled person, that's a problem with them. It's a problem with me. Disability, but it's the one group. It's one of the few minority groups that you can join. And I, I, so like, I'm very, I think I'm very, very adamant about using the word disability because I think it's a very specific identity and it's a very specific and unique experience um, that I don't think a lot of other people have. You can have it if, you know, become disabled as we get older, but it is a very unique experience that I don't think words like phrases like people with challenges or differently able people necessarily um, encompass. And I I think, and you know, I, I think that it's just, it's, it's a term that I claim for myself and it's, I think it's a, it's a, good it's not i consider my my people you know i consider you know i consider disabled people my people uh, just an american i consider mexican i consider other latinos my people as much as i consider other americans my people and as much as i consider you know everybody else so right so i guess we we talked about all your accomplishments and everything so i was wondering is there any new projects or any books that you're planning on working on or writing or so the book launches in August. Um, so it comes out August 3rd. Oh, congratulations. Um, and so that's the main thing that I'm working on. But right now, I'm, you know, I'm reporting and writing about a lot of other things. I think, I think also the, in the same respect, um, I very much wanted to be a, a journalist who is disabled, much in the same way I wanted to be a journalist who's Latino. I didn't want to bat it, you know, um, but I also want to cover and write about the things that interest me. And a lot of that isn't just writing a big piece right now. I just finished writing a big piece that's going to come out in a few weeks about Latino men who voted for Donald Trump. Um, I've, I've wanted to, uh, you know, I've written pieces about uh, North Carolina politics because I went to the University of North Carolina. So I still write about it a lot. Uh, I write a lot about, you know, I write, so I still try, I still write, I still report uh, on a lot of different topics, not just about uh, politics. So, I mean, not just about disability, but I write a lot about politics because that's, that's what interests me. So. Um, and and, and I, should, I should add that to me, writing about things other than disability is really important because I want to show that disabled people can write about other things, not just about disability, well, as everybody as any other group. And so uh, the one question I had was, who is one person that has influenced your life or has been a huge part of your life that has helped you um, be, I guess, the person that you are today? I mean, I feel like you're a jerk if you don't see your mom or your dad, you know, unless you have like a really abusive family, then like I completely understand you, you know, your parents weren't there, or your, your mom was abusive or your dad was abusive. You, you're just generally a jerk if you don't say those, if you don't say them, if you had a good family. Uh, I, I think that, you know, my mom was a big influence on me uh, just because I think that my mom was somebody who was, and I, I think that, and I say that because my mom wasn't a high school graduate. And very easily could have just said all the stuff, but fought like hell to make sure that I get all the accommodations I needed. 
Um, and I often think about what, how she would have succeeded if she had been able to go to high school, been able to go to college. Um, but uh, high school teachers or my initial bosses, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I had a lot of positive influences. That's great. And so is there anything else you'd like to share or um, anything, any words of wisdom? Um, you know, I always feel weird at saying words of wisdom now. You know, I'm only 30. <laughs> I guess I'm an old soul. I think the only thing that I could say, it's not something you can learn just in a class. You know, Chris Roush, I know your professor. One of the things I always liked about Chris Roush, um, he was my professor, was he would force us to go on the street and just talk to people and interview people. I think that that's what journalism is. It's not something you could just learn in a class or from a textbook. It's the only way you get good at being a journalist is by doing it every day. It's like working out a muscle. It's like exercising it's something you constantly get to do and improve day in and day out and just find whatever means you can whether it means working for your college newspaper or starting a blog or starting a newsletter or freelancing or whatever just find a way to do it and find a way to um and find a way to continue doing the other thing i would say is that like whether you're disabled or you're able journalism is a very tough business and media media as a whole whether you're in journalism, PR, comms, whatever. So you have to ask yourself every day when you wake up, do I love the news part of the news business as much as I love the business part of it? Um, And if your answer at the beginning of the day and before you go to sleep is yes, then you stay in the business. The moment that that answer becomes no is the moment you got to quit. That sounds really cynical, but that's the honest to God truth. Because you have to really like this business. You're going to get laid off. You're going to be in newspapers where, newsrooms where there's going to be cuts. You're going to be in a tough spot. You're, you're always going to, your boss is going to tell you to compromise your morals at one point or another. You're always going to compromise your, you, there's one way or another, it's going to happen. So you have to, um, you know, you may not get that pay raise or that promotion or whatever you, whatever you want. So you've got to always ask yourself, do I still love doing this? enough to put up with the really tough parts of the business. Thank you so much for uh, connecting with me and for this interview. Yeah. I'm so happy we got to have you part of uh, the interviews for Ability Media. And so thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to our first episode of Different Lights. I'm David DeRoche. I'm the Director of Community Programming at Quinnipiac University. This podcast is hosted by Alana Galange, who's interviewing freelance journalist Eric Garcia. Thanks for listening to Different Lights, and check us out next time as we continue talking about people with different abilities and the challenges and triumphs that they experience. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.